As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly Pregame Podcast. We're here with the normal crew. We're going to break down a very important uh, game against the Carolina Panthers, a very winnable game against the Carolina Panthers, and we will tell you what the Broncos have and what the Broncos are going to need to do in order to stop possibly uh, Christian McCaffrey and the Carolina Panthers. But please, uh, while you're at it, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. Go on and rate us on whatever podcast listening device you're going on. And make sure you follow us on all the social medias. And that wraps up that. So make sure you guys are enjoying this. Sit back, relax, and have a good time. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, hey, hey guys, uh, so we're back. We, we a rough, uh, interesting game against Kansas City, the, in rough. which, honestly, was closer than a lot of us were expecting, and I think a lot of good things have come out of that, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But uh, first impressions uh, coming out of that game, not to take away anything from the uh, post-game podcast. I, you know what? Leaving the, the Chiefs to only 22 points, I think, is a win in itself. Like, not going to lie, the game plan was to re- limit the touchdowns and force them to kick field goals, and that's exactly what happened. And, you know, if we don't have Locke uh, throwing two picks, I think we're in a completely different situation. Leading the Chiefs to only 22 points, limiting to that that score, you're right, Matt. That's a path to victory, and that's the one the Broncos want to take. That's how this team is built. Um, and like you said, those interceptions were just killer for the offense. They just could not overcome those two turnovers. Uh, and it was the story of the game, as it's been too often for the Broncos offense this season. Uh, turnovers killing the offensive momentum that we show at times during games. It just, they can't keep it 
strung together. Matt, wouldn't you say the story of Drew Locke's season this year has been turnovers? I mean, it's yeah. not what you wanted it to be. Um, but you know, I, I think turnovers are more like they're not the story of the season necessarily. They're just kind of like an underlying theme, but it's more of like a, a representative of you know something bigger going on, which is just inconsistency and and lack of continuity with his teammates, with you know his previous coaching staff, his current coaching staff, and you mix that in with the fact that you know. He hasn't had much starting experience in the NFL, but he's a four-year starter at Mizzou. So he still has experience and he still has his habits as a quarterback and his expectations. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, he's in this situation where, you know, he's trying to force the ball. He's trying to do these things and and it's not working because the game's faster. And, you know, I think ultimately he just looks all over the place. And and the result of that is, like, interceptions and turnovers, Um, which, you know, uh, you know, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a it's, a, it's I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but like a Tony Romo, mm. you know, really strong arm, gunslinger, like he'll make these wild plays and then he'll make just these ridiculous, stupid, like, why'd you throw it there? You know, like the Tony Romo, like, you know, just, uh, you know, just misses and mistakes and these odd interceptions and, um, you know, but, you know, I don't know if it's exactly a fair comparison yet, but he's he's kind of like looking a bit Romo-ish right now. Um, well, I mean, yeah. if he if he you know turns his career around to a in a Romo-esque way, that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, you know, you don't want those playoff losses. No, um, and and I think he's he's still got a better path i think than romo you know how romo was undrafted if i remember correctly like he still has like a better you know a uh, uh, system around him and, and expectation early in his career uh but you know I, I don't know man i think that that Locke is really just he's doing his best and I, i'm still a big fan of his i really like the way he plays the game and you know whether or not pat Shermer can be the coach who ultimately transforms him into like a really like effective pro quarterback. You know, I, I'm not sure uh, yeah. this upcoming matchup against the Panthers. I think this is an opportunity for him to really showcase, you know, what he can do it in, in an environment that will let him do that. Not, not against the chiefs, not against like a, a really tough rival, but this is against a team that is very beatable, you know, on, on the rebuild path and like a lot of young players, um, you know, so I think that, this is a game where Locke really he can't make these big mistakes here because if he makes these mistakes against the Panthers, like it's concerning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's such a different kind of narrative around the Broncos this season versus the Panthers. Um, The Panthers uh, team four and eight, just like the Broncos are, but a team that everybody kind of sees as a team on the rise, I think because they have one of these new, um, offensive-minded head coaches in mm-hmm. Matt Rule, mm-hmm. um, and you know, builder. right? Yeah, a team builder. That's at Baylor, and and where was he before Baylor? No, uh, uh, Baylor. Oh gosh, now I can't remember. Um, but no, he and you know, t- credit to him for that. Temple, thank you. Yeah, um, and you know, he turned around a Baylor team that was you know in shambles, and rightly so. They did some terrible things, um, but. Uh, he took that program and turned it completely around, changed the culture there, um, and has a he's a guy who, with Joe Brady, Brady as his offensive coordinator, the who was the architect of LSU's offense with George uh, Joe Burrow last season, uh, was Joe Brady. So you know that that staff together is really promising offensive minds on it. Uh, Joe Joe Brady's also always already a guy being kind of floated in head coaching search name mm-hmm. as you know as a name 
that might be uh, uh, looked at this season. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And what's odd though is with such offensive uh, minded coaches, they only drafted defensive players this year. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They only picked up guys, uh, young players to develop uh, on the defensive side because I think they they really went on the free agent side for the offensive players. Um, and that's actually a good segue because, like, you know, this game, they, they're not going to have DJ Moore. They're not going to have Curtis Samuel, who are, you know, probably their, their, two of the strongest offensive weapons um, outside of Christian McCaffrey, which we'll get to in a second. But Robbie Anderson has really come through as a solid receiver for the Panthers. And now he's going to be pushed into that, you know, number one spot, probably lining up against Ojemudia for most of the game, because we also happen to have lost uh, some top DBs. Um, But nonetheless, like this offense was really built through free agency with Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson, as I mentioned, and Russell Okung, um, you know, whereas they're building the the defense through a draft. So interesting, you know, strategy. And I think, you know, Matt Rule as a team builder, that's what he's known for. Um, you know, he's doing a pretty good job this year. Uh, so, you know, looking at this Panthers offense, you know, who's, uh, who's some players that stand out, maybe outside of Christian McCaffrey, because everybody knows him so well. Um you know, who, who's a player that you're looking at right now and you're saying, hmm, this he's going to uh, cause some problems for a Broncos defense. Let's toss that one over to Jared first to make sure he's actually back with us. Jared, how you doing, buddy? I, I'm I'm having the, the moving woes of having to figure out what's going on with my internet, so I apologize for that, but I'm back. Um, okay, so player on the offensive side. So there's a couple things that's interesting. The, the uh, tagline of Matt Paradis playing his old team again. I think that's a big, a big piece that we we can't overlook. I think that's important, um, and it's important too because now we have Shelby Harris back, and that's going to be an interesting matchup. I want to watch and see how he does against Shelby Harris, um, as he's obviously practiced against him back when he was on the Broncos. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting matchup. I, I'm interested to see how that interior defensive line does against Shelby Harris. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to keep my eye on and. I, Anderson's not on the COVID list, right? Robbie Anderson? Robbie Anderson? No. Right. No. Okay. So he's a guy whose speed uh, gives me a little bit of concern against this secondary, the way it's constructed right now. Uh, our, as, as it stands, our top three cornerbacks not going to be playing in this game uh, in Bryce Callahan, uh, S. Bassi, and uh, A.J. Boye, whose six-game suspension was confirmed today. Ooh, so we will yes. be without his services for the rest of the year now. Um, so that secondary of Michael Ojemudia, um, we've got Devonte Bosby coming back in, probably going to play some meaningful snaps. Uh, Duke, yeah, Duke Dawson, Dawson saw yeah, a lot of time last week, and probably will again. But that the speed of Robbie Anderson against those guys is a little concerning to me. It's quite concerning. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, double teamed a lot. Like, uh, you know, again, Fangio really tries to get rid of that uh, that deep ball. So I think that Robbie Anderson is going to be covered up deep, but he can still make some noise, like, you know, catching screens, slants, uh, quick outs and all that. Uh, but, like, after him, you know, it's Brennan Zilstra and Farrell Cooper at the receiving core, and then Ian Thomas at a tight end. Finally, I think here's a tight end that we can actually cover pretty well, like, who's not terrifying. I wish you hadn't said that out loud, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like, you know, Kelsey twice a year, Darren Waller twice a year, Hunter Henry t- twice a year, and then, like, every other freaking tight end you've had to play. Uh, finally, just, one that's, like, manageable. Yeah, I'm getting f- flashbacks to the Seattle game from last season when all the announcers were going, who's Will Disley as he ran through our secondary <laughs> wide right, open? So maybe so, there's yeah. a chance for Ian Thomas to do that. Um, I'm, just, but, I'm just, you know, 
I'm going to take this this time to just talk about Christian McCaffrey because like he's been out for most of the year, um, you know, with a shoulder injury and he came back and he had a heck of a game and he got hurt again and he was out. And, you know, here he is, um, you know, still questionable right now, but I think that designation is just given the fact that he's like, you know, not necessarily practicing, you know, fully. Um, but he's a player that can take over a game. Uh, he is a like all around offensive weapon, man. He can run the ball. He can catch it. He can run between the tackles, outside the tackles. Like he, he can do pretty much anything. He's a really good pass blocker as well. Uh, so, you know, he, he he's, here's a player who I think given the right amount of opportunities and the right momentum, I think that he can really take over the game, but I think that Fangio, I mean, obviously he recognizes this. He wouldn't be where he is without knowing that. Right. And I think that outside of McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, there isn't a whole lot for the Broncos, uh, you know, defense to worry about. So I think the game plan right now is really going to be, if you know, shutting him down, containing McCaffrey, and then just, you know, hoping the rest like settles uh, and forcing Teddy Bridgewater to, to be the hero and and make the difference in the game. Um, So, uh, you know, who on our defense do you think is going to be like covering McCaffrey for most of the game? Or are we going to go that route or are we just going to play a really solid zone and like hope everybody can cover him? Probably at least that initially is going to be the plan. I think um, if they're noticing that he's just gashing them, they may, you know, switch things up and have maybe have drop Justin Simmons drop down and, and keep, keep an eye on him man to man, something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's going to also be, a situation where you want Simmons on the back end to kind of help double cover Anderson. So it's, you know, if you can cover McCaffrey with a linebacker or at least limit his damage uh, with somebody like an Alexander Johnson or Trey Marshall or a Josie tool uh, that helps your de- the rest of your defense out quite a bit. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with you. And, and I think Fangio is going to take um, a more of a, um, less traditional route. Like I don't see him necessarily placing one player on McCaffrey and saying you're covering him all game because I don't think Broncos have the personnel for that. You know, even at a full roster, everybody healthy, I don't think there's a player that can necessarily cover him one-on-one, but I think what we might see is a lot of like strong side, weak side, right? So it's like if McCaffrey's like lining up on the strong side, then that strong side safety is responsible for that, you know, that, for him essentially and then weak side is the same same principle right but essentially yeah the whole idea would would, you know translate down to the linebackers and effectively the defensive ends because the you know the best way to stop McCaffrey is just to contain him and force him back inside where the rest of the defense is right so if a safety can at least bracket him with a linebacker and force him inside it's going to reduce the amount of yards he can get at a time um so I think you know Fangio is going to run a pretty disciplined zone defense um, you know, stick with that cover four principle to, to force the, you know, the Panthers to play an underneath game. Yeah. And even might drop down to some cover two or something, just depending on how efficient we can be. Because again, outside of Robbie Anderson, who is their best receiving uh, uh, receiving threat. Ah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is pretty good to a receiver. But, you know, between those guys, the rest of the offense isn't all that concerning. So I think Fangio is going to, you know, sort of like force Bridgewater to beat us with like Zilstra and Cooper you know, and, and really yeah. get rid of McCaffrey and Anderson. So, um, you know, I think this is weird, like talking about an offense I'm not really all that worried about. Usually it's kind of like, yeah, you know, play some strong players here. Right. Um, it wasn't in our group chat, man. Jason was telling us that the Broncos have had like the hardest schedule all year. Uh, yeah. Just given on, you know, the the sort of like how successful our opponents have been. 
um, which is pretty interesting. I never considered considered that we really had like that hard of a schedule this year. Like, what are your thoughts on that? It's you know kind of the way that cookie crumbles. And when you looked at it on paper to begin the season, it was a tough schedule. I don't think it was number one, but it was top five. Hmm. But you know, it's really such a crapshoot when that happens. You know, you can have a number one or top five schedule on paper to begin the season, and then when it gets down to the ga- actual games, it can fall. You know, you can be in the twenties or twenty fives. There's so much turnover on rosters. The the NFL is so focused on parity um, that there's not going to be uh, this correlation all the time. But for the Broncos this year, you know, we got stuck with it. Yeah, absolutely. It is what it is. But I mean, like the Chiefs twice, uh, the Saints, the Steelers, the Raiders uh, turning uh, into a good team hurt us there a lot. I think Titans right yeah, right away. Um, you know, the, the Falcons. Uh, and the Patriots have had up and down the year, but nonetheless, you know, they're, they're still good. The jets, we beat the jets. Yeah. God, but so, you know, that's the kind of one easy game, but like, yeah, the schedule has been pretty damn hard, man. And every week it's like, we're facing like these offensive weapons that can really do damage. But this week, like I think Fangio is going to have a great time planning uh, against this Panthers offense, just given the fact that their best, you know, receivers are out. So it's going to help us quite a bit. And, you know, Luckily, you know, since we've lost our DBs, the Panthers also lost the receivers. So uh, let's flip it up, uh, though, and talk about the Panthers defense upcoming here. So as we just mentioned earlier, like they only drafted defensive players um, this year. So there's a lot of youth. There's a lot of players that, you know, we may not recognize just based on their name. Um, You know, who's a player in this defense that you kind of like maybe not worried about necessarily because I think that our offense is really uh, geared in towards like, you know, being significantly better than them, but like somebody who you're kind of like excited to watch who's a bit of an up and coming player. Well, you know, Derek Brown was going to be the, uh, the option for me until he got put on the COVID list. So he may not, he may not be available. Um, Jeremy Chin has been a really, really interesting player for the Carolina defense Uh, rookie safety. um, You know, one of the top safeties from this last year's draft. He got bumped out to linebacker. Did he? Linebacker. So he's, I mean, it's effectively like a nickel safety linebacker, right? He's just a flex player. And, you know, he was a player who got, yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, But he was a player who was getting a lot of buzz earlier in the season. And kind of lately you've seen him get burned a couple of times. I, I think I remember them playing the Falcons a couple of weeks ago or something like that. He was on and he was just not having a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see what he does against, uh, you know, a Broncos offensive cast that is also very young. Yeah. And, and yeah. prone to throwing interceptions and turnovers. So yeah. I think Jeremy Chin is really coming around as like their defensive star. Uh, Derek Brown is as well, but with his uh, COVID designation, then, you know, he, we won't see him this week, but, um, yeah, Jeremy Chin is really somebody who, um, yeah, pretty potent player. Uh, Jared, is there anybody on this defense that kind of has you, you know, excited to watch, worried a little bit? On the Carolina defense? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys already talked about Brian Burns. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he's an edge rusher that I feel like we could definitely – it could definitely have some issues uh, if he gets around to the outside of Drew Locke, if Drew Locke decides not to step up into the pocket anymore, uh, going against either DeMar Dodson or Garrett Bowles. Again, Garrett Bowles we know has been having a very good season, and that's been helping us out. DeMar Dodson coming back. Uh, has been playing decent as of late that obviously it's the middle that's our issue and I think this is honestly this is the one matchup like I said at the beginning that we actually have a really good shot at 
because their weaknesses and our weaknesses kind of match up uh, pretty well. So I think that this is one of those games that if, if our weaknesses are better than their weaknesses, if, if that's a, a good way to put that, uh, that, that we could come away with a, a really good win and some good momentum going forward, especially coming off of a, a disappointing uh, almost win, a possibility of beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to read off the starters here. You stop me when you recognize one of these names, right? Brian Burns talked about <laughs> Zach Kerr, Bravi- Bravion Roy, F.A. Obata, Julian Stanford, Jermaine Carter, Jeremy Chin we talked about, Dante Jackson, Justin Burris, Trey Boston, Mr. Dreads, and Roswell Douglas. Like, this is a no-name defense of no-name defenses. And the only reason uh, I know Zach Kerr is because we use, it used to be a Bronco. Uh, there you go, right? And and he might even be out with COVID. He's got the out designation. So, man, the Panthers are looking pretty rough in their depth uh, defensively. Uh, so, you know, I think our offense, like, I- I'm expecting Drew Locke to throw, like, probably at least one pick because, like, he just, you know, he just he, – I feel like he has to throw an interception to just, like, get on the groove. <laughs> like, every game I've, like, sat down and watched him, it's, like, almost on the first drive, first couple drives, it's, like, right. boom, throws that pick. And then everybody's, like, duh, fuck. And then we turn around and, okay, he starts to get momentum. He starts playing well. Like, he kind of needs that. I guess. So I'm expecting one early on, Uh, maybe to Trey Boston, because he's a a veteran safety. He's been around quite a bit. Um, So, you know, but otherwise, like, you know, I think our offense is is primed for a really good game here, just given the the lack of depth and and experience as Panthers defense. So who do you think on our offense is really going to, you know, have a great game this week? Is it finally Jerry Judy's week to take over? Boy, I I don't know. I really expect them to kind of go with the run this game. I'm kind of looking at Melvin Gordon for this one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his problem has never really been, can he be effective running the ball this season? It's, can he hold on to the ball? And I, you know, he, he seems to take care, you know, be aware of the fact that he's had these fumbling issues this year at times and protects the football. And, you know, a couple on these, when you go back and look at the fumbles that he has had, a couple of them are just great plays by a defender. It's not like he was being careless with the ball on him. They just got to it, got to it. Mm-hmm. And um, if, but, you know, all of that is to say is he, if he can hold on to the ball this game, I think he has a good chance to do some real damage against this Carolina run defense. Absolutely. Their run defense is ranked uh, pretty low here. Yeah, 27th in the league. So, um, you know, that is encouraging for us, whereas the Broncos off run running offense is ranked eighth. Right. So I think this week is a week where Lindsay and Gordon could probably, uh, you know, really finally pay dividends. Right. And, and, And show what they can do. Um, I am going to go with Jerry Judy, though. I think Jerry Judy has not had a breakout game yet this year. And I think that this week, I mean, the Panthers are ranked uh, 29th in pass coverage. So I think that, you know, this is a place where, you know, they can really, uh, you know, give an opportunity to to Judy to have a breakout game and, and, and make a difference for the Broncos. Like, finally, you know, we've been waiting for it. The other, I mean, <laughs> the flip side of it is we're ranked 32nd in passing. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. Just kind of disappointing, man. I was looking forward to this receiving for you. It looks so primed, but, um, you know, it is what it is. But I think, you know, this is a week where we can finally, like, show what these, you know, these receivers can do, and namely in, in Jerry Judy. Um, so as Jared seems to be falling off the face of the earth here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jared's internet issues are just uh, overcoming him right now. We'll, yes, uh, well, living we'll see if we can get him back. 
Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> uh, so, you know, one thing I will say, though, I mean, might be the difference maker this game might be the thing that actually, uh, you know, gives the Panthers the opportunity to win would be special teams. We have not improved on special teams whatsoever this year, like at all, ever. Uh, still bottom of the league and, and Panthers are, I think, in the top half in terms of, you know, uh, of special teams. So, you know, this might be a time where we might see the, the Panthers special teams kind of take over the game, you know, get some good returns, give the, the offense a good field positioning uh, and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Do you really think it's going to be that big of a factor? Well, we'll see. The thing is, if you if they do that, um if you give teddy bridgewater short fields and you don't make him do too much he'll he'll figure out ways you know he's played effectively at times this season um he's you know definitely been better than drew lock uh so you know i know that's not that's not a hard high bar but it's the way it is and you know it doesn't you know it doesn't take too much to turn a 50 yard field into first and goal Mm-hmm. And, you know, these Bron- this Broncos defense has been really, really good in the red zone, but you would hi- ideally be forcing more punts than field goals in this game. So you really want to do your best to limit those returns. Yeah, almost definitely. I mean, like Teddy Bridgewater, what a great story. Like he's another one of these like comeback players, like sort of, you know, Alex Smith-esque, right? Like he was, you know, sort of doing what Alex Smith is doing now years ago, right? He came back from a disastrous knee injury um, and, and, you know, bounced around with the Jets, went to the Saints, won five games with the Saints. That gave him a a great contract with the Panthers. And, uh, you know, he was – talked about as a player that attracted free agents to Carolina. The fact that like Teddy was the quarterback there made players like Robbie Anderson and Matt Paradis want to go play because they just believe in him. Um, so he's somebody, like you said, like he's, he's a very good quarterback. Uh, he's not as flashy as most in the league. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think he falls under more of the category of like, you know, the, the game manager, the field general, however we want to put it, right? So he's not necessarily the, the guy who's going to carry the team on his back, but he's somebody who's going to limit the mistakes, who's going to deliver the ball efficiently, and he's going to be an exceptional leader for, for the entire offense. Like, he's some, he's not afraid to put his nose down and get that extra yard. He's not afraid of of being selfless and 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 sharing the the ball around and and really uplifting his team. Uh, you know, and, and the Panthers ultimately, like, they're 4-8, and eight, which is – significantly better than I thought they would be this year. I thought the Panthers would be like running like the two wins. So, you know, they're already doing uh, quite well. Uh, They started the year off a bit rough, uh, but then, you know, they've beaten the Chargers. uh, They beat the the Cards. They beat the Falcons. uh, You know, they were close to beating the Saints. Uh, You know, if you look at through their schedule, most of their games are within like 10 points, seven, 10 points. And, you know, whether they've won or lost. So, uh, you know, that's pretty spectacular. Like the chiefs only beat them by two points, you know what I mean? And then they also shut out the lions and um, the the Vikings beat them by one. And, you know, and, and so there's just, there's a lot of like, well, and I think it's, um, it goes to show that he's, they're well coached that Matt rule is doing a good job so far. Yeah. Um, whether that, you know, I'm not ready to crown him one of the great offensive minds in the NFL yet. Oh, but it, yeah, but it looks like he's picking this up as far as the, the ins and outs of the NFL head coaching job uh, in a way that maybe even Vic Fangio hasn't yet. So it's, you know, it's a good sign for them moving forward. You know, maybe they're still looking for their quarterback in the future, but I think they've, they've got that head coach in position at least. 
I think so. And I think, you know, Teddy's a three-year contract, about 60 million. So it, it's a contract that's really kind of like, you know, it's a bridge quarterback, bridge for Bridgewater, I guess. But, um, you know, and that's not a slight against him. I think it's just the nature of the league. Uh, you know, they brought him in to really be the leader, to to lead this sort of like mishmash free agent offense while they build up a defense and then eventually get the offense with, uh, you know, built around draft picks as well. Uh, but my point being is just that, you know, they've been in all their games this year, maybe outside of the the Buccaneers, the two times they've played them, they got, you know, smacked around a little bit. But otherwise, like, you know, the, the games they've won have been close and the games they've lost notably have been quite close. They only lost to the Saints by three. They lost to the Chiefs by two. They lost to the Vikings by one. Uh, they beat the Falcons once and then they lost to the Falcons a second time, you know. So it's, um, it, uh, you know, I, I can really see this game going both ways. The one game I kind of lean more towards, to give me an example of, of how this week might go, is the game against the Bears. You know, the Bears have a lot of Fangio residue all over them in terms of their, their defense efficiency, and their offense is also very struggling. Now, I will say very happily that Drew Locke is significantly better than the Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky combination. Like, I'm is he significantly better? significantly better have you seen mitch trubisky try to lead a football game like All yeah right. drew lock will throw a couple picks but at least he looks competent for most of the time um the trubisky has been in the league for four years now and it's just like yeah disastrous so anyways i think you know the bears won that game 23 16 i would expect something like that from the broncos uh you know so i mean moving into like our our, our sort of like prediction here uh how do you think this game's gonna turn out like what's what's your score prediction? Well, and it it really kind of does depend on a lot of things. I I think the Broncos can pull this one out. Uh, mm. This is the first time I've even been considering picking the Broncos to win this one. Um, and I think I am going to go with the Broncos. Uh, I don't know that they're going to score a lot of points. Still, um, it's just not an offense that goes out and can and you know I'm willing to accept we'll do that on a legitimate basis against really any defense any given week. Um, but I do think our defense can limit their offense to maybe 13, 15 points. Yeah. Um, and if they do that, I think the Broncos can win at something like 17, 14. 17, 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm picking the Broncos to win as well, which is pretty rare for me. I'm not going to lie to you, man. The last three years when you're doing this podcast, I think I picked the Broncos to win like a third of the time. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for good reason. For good reason, for good reason. I also have a pretty good uh, win-loss record here. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that, um, you know, it's going to be similar to what you said, a low-scoring game. You know, I think that the Panthers' defense isn't exceptional, but given the Broncos' offense is so unpredictable, I think they're going to limit the points. Uh, but I do think our defense is going to be stellar again this week. Um, so I'm expecting a, a – like, man, I would say like a 22 – 13 win for the Broncos. I think uh, Brandon McManus has himself a great game again. Uh, we don't really get in the end zone because uh, we still struggle there, but we we kick the ball in a few times, enough times to, to secure the win. Uh, so, you know, that's the way I see it going down. Given we're traveling to Carolina as well, and it's a, an early Sunday game, like that's something the Broncos always struggle with. So, you know, I'm yeah. expecting maybe the first, you know, the first couple quarters might be a bit rough, but ultimately I think the Broncos do pull this one out. Um, so, you know, honestly, man, I don't think there's a whole lot more than that needs to be said. 
really with this game. I mean, our season is sort of almost wrapping up. Uh, do you have any final words here for uh, for this Panthers-Broncos game? I'm really excited to watch this game because there's still so many opportunities to see how we grow on the other on both sides of the ball. I was talking about this a little bit last night on the Tuesday show, but I think it bears repeating. Um, there's young players in the secondary like Michael Ojemudia. There's um, young players on the up on the line uh, like Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones uh, and Malik Reed, um, who are you know guys who are all trying to come into their own a little bit. And it's really, really interesting to see what this coaching staff is doing with them. Um, you know, just because Drew Locke's throwing a lot of picks now, I know it's not the kind of thing that gets fixed, like, you know, at, at the flip of a switch with a lot of quarterbacks, but it does happen sometimes. It happens the, sometimes. It's not it mathematically impossible that it would happen. No. And, and it, it's just, it, it lends to his style. Like I would love to see Drew Locke in like a Bruce Arians offense. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. he just wants to throw a deep. You can see he just wants to unleash his arm and just throw dimes and bolts down the field. Like I think Shermer's offense is not built for that. And he's trying to, he, he's not necessarily a good fit with Shermer, but I think he should be in Shermer's offense to learn the other side of football uh, and offense. But like, He's going to throw picks, man. I think it's in his nature. I think it's okay. And I think we we have the defense to kind of make up for that nonetheless. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, uh, th- those are great points. And, you know, after this week, we've got three games left, the Bills, the Chargers, and then the Raiders. Um, so the Bills will be interesting to talk about, a new team. But then after that, man, with the Chargers and the Raiders, it's going to be, you know, a pretty interesting way to close out the week. Um, so as Jared pops his face back in here, Jared, do you have any, if, <laughs> do you have any words to say for this podcast? The, the two minutes yeah, you're allowed I, to use the internet. I know. I get, I get two minutes at a time before it kicks me off. Uh, right. Hopefully well, I, have, I have someone coming tomorrow. So hopefully they, they could fix this crap up. But Use, use your two um, minutes wisely, sir. We're, we're, we're just wrapping up. Okay, yeah, no, uh, I think the only thing I really want to point out, and I'm sure you guys have probably said at this point, but this is a winnable game, and we're at that point in the season that we've been, for the past five years, we're towards the end of the season, we know we're not going to the playoffs, and we know all we really want to see is our young guys get better, and that's really what we're looking at. We have a lot of injuries, a lot of our our key guys, a lot of our, our uh, veterans are injured, and it's we're, we're leaving these, this team up to all of our young guys, uh, especially I'd like to see on the defensive side that the corners and the DBs uh, really step up in the absence of our top three uh, DBs uh, being out for this week. Yeah. So. Mm. I just want yeah. to see. I just want to see a good, hard-fought game. I want to root for Broncos no matter what, and uh, I, I think these young guys can really step up and show us what they have, uh, what we have going forward into next year. Yeah. What's your score prediction for the game? I'm thinking. I think we win this. Uh, I do. I think that we're starting to come in our own. I think that we're going to be able to to take on that defense. I think we score a couple, t- uh, at least two touchdowns. I'm going to say it's going to be 24 to 16. All right, all right, all right. We're kind of all around the same ballpark. So, I mean, we're all lining up for the Broncos to win this one. So, hopefully, they can go in and pull it out. Um, so, uh, that's it. Thanks a lot. And um, you know what? We'll see y'all next week with the Bills as they come and visit the Broncos. But, like, the season's about to wrap up, and it's it's bittersweet. But uh, it's exciting nonetheless. So, uh, as usual, boys, man, let's leave it off with a go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, 
Brews, and Broncos News.